0: This podcast is brought to you by Men's T Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com.
1: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, where I know sometimes... People enjoy me being defeated throughout the show. I might be defeated before the show has even started. I have no idea what is going to happen today. Are
0: we four days away, Corey, or three days away from Cowboys-Eagles?
2: Uh, Well, today's Thursday, Stop so it. we're going to count today. No. Friday is also Friday. Uh, what? Saturday is Saturday. That's three in a row. Mm. And then Sunday, so we'll count four right now. It's got to be four.
0: Yeah, because it's a night game. If it was a day game, it'd be three. It
2: would be three if it was a day game, yeah. Because right now is ten, game would be starting right, at seven. Uh, yeah, or nine seven hours
1: in twenty minutes does not constitute an entire day. It oh, you tell like that it. to the workers yeah. out
2: there that are working. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You do Nine a piece thought
0: the show and tell me that's not a whole day.
2: Yeah, that's a whole day right there, bro. I almost pulled a Luca right there. <laughs> is... yeah, you almost apologized with, <laughs> yeah. for your cuss word with a yeah, cuss yeah, word. Which
1: I do get. <laughs> I've thought about that many times. If I said a bad word, I think I would say another bad yes. word in my apology unintentionally. Yes.
0: All right. Do you, do you get most tired of the work week on Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday. So today you feel like
1: you're downhill. Yeah, because I can see the end. And I'm like, if you can make it through today, you can make it through tomorrow. We can do this. I hear what you're saying. It's Are like you when I'm doing try th- to
0: go against that? No, today? no, no, no. I'm with you because when I'm on my Peloton ride, I was on Peloton this morning and I was doing a 30 minute ride. And I got to about twelve minutes left, and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but it was my it was I got to the Thursday of the Peloton ride. Yep. So when I hit the ten minute mark, I'm like, Look, I've done twenty minutes. Just
1: little well finish. I might as well finish. Mark that. All right. So as long as we're talking about Luca, let's go to cut number two,
3: please. For Doncic, his tenth of the game. Yes. And there's a yes. the- yes. yes.
1: All right, we're going to talk about that. And thanks a lot, Corey, for getting the workers against me. Workers
2: of America are out there (sighs) uniting against Kevin today because they work Hey, damn it, Kevin, it's four days for us peasants in the field. Still love you, though.
0: Oh, they're hot pocket eaters, or what's the one you think is? Oh, pizza rolls. (laughs) Pizza
1: rolls, that's right. Hot pockets are bigger pizza rolls. From the Mm. 903. Hold on, are y'all tired or tired of talking about sports already? No, it's just some of these pre-show conversations are, they're a sight to behold. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I could maybe see that. Is doubleheader last night. You got another slow start. From the Stars, you had an amazing first half triple-double from Luca. Do you want to start with that as opposed to the Stars?
0: Well, I kind of wanted to start Stars first because they okay. started first. And I did, I was like, why aren't they on television? They're on TNT. So it just took me a little bit of seconds. Not a long time because I know that TNT does hockey now. Um,
1: a little bit I would say
0: this. Yes, slow start not happy i'm gonna be honest i didn't know the florida panthers were good at hockey until i was like they seem good let me go check the standings yeah, and I was like, right. oh they are a, good about the same record as the stars now they are obviously a little bit better i think they have 34 points to 31 points if i remember the the standings correctly from last night when i was looking um but when you tied it at three i thought man the stars are ready to go yeah. and it i don't even know if it took a minute for a funky bounce and then for them to score. 37 seconds. Okay. Took
1: 37 seconds. Gross.
0: And then it was four to three, and I flipped back to the Mavericks, and then I turn it back over to the Stars. I don't know, three minutes later? Three minutes later. And then it's five to three, and I'm like, we're screwed. But then there was a power play, and I was telling my son, I was like, you got to score on this power play or the game's over. And they did. Wyatt Johnston made a great cross. I'm calling it a crossing pass. I don't know if that's the right term, but just go with me with that. Okay. And all of the Panthers were on one side of the ice. The Wyatt Johnston side, the left side, crosses it to the right, and that was...
1: Your guy, Duchesne, yeah. kept it going. And so I'm like, all right. But
2: then they didn't win. What, what is the reason...
1: Was Otter bad, or was or their the
2: defense bad? Early start, their slow starts early. Do we have an? Do we have an excuse yet?
1: Uh, actually, I do want to talk about that just real quick. Uh, I do think it can be a combination of both, but I did not think this was one of Otter's finer efforts. Okay, like some of that can fall on the defense because you can have a night where you only give up ten shots, but five of them are one v one, and you're like, "Well, what the hell am I supposed to do?" But I, I did not think this was his finest effort. One of the issues that you ran into with this slow start in particular is I thought the first shift or two looked like it was going to be particularly promising for the top line. And then they had a bad changeover and you're like, uh oh, and I I thought that kind of set the tone for them falling behind. But I have not always found a consistent rhyme or reason for the Stars' slow starts, because I don't think that's the case every time. I don't usually think like, oh, my God, well, that was a terrible transition right there, and that's why you're losing. I don't think that at all. It was just in this particular game what led to the Rodriguez goal was bad transition. Okay.
0: The other thing that I think about the Stars is this. Help me out here, hardcore Stars fans. Obviously, I'm getting into the Stars. I'm enjoying watching them. They seem to be doing what the Mavericks are doing this year, but maybe at a higher level is – Beat all, beat up all the average to bad teams yeah. and really look like, hey, come playoff time. And there's a lot of time for things to change. But right now, the Stars wouldn't get out of the second round, right? Like, I mean, I get that they would beat like if they were and I know it's weird. I can't understand hockey playoffs, but they're like a three seed versus a six seed. They would win that one cuz they're better. They had a better record. But I'll tell you
1: the way actual
3: the actual seeding goes. But
0: once you get to if you're playing Colorado or like they just don't look like they would win that series. Or Vegas, Colorado, Vegas, there might be an, another team or two that you just like, like they they don't look like they could win that series right it, now.
1: To your point, probably their marquee victory of the season has got to be that New York Rangers game cuz the New York Rangers are a really really good team. And you put it on them late in the game, but obviously they are not in your conference. And so that would not be a potential playoff matchup until the Stanley Cup final. And what did you follow it up with? What felt like a winnable Vegas game that you ended up not being able to take home?
2: That kind of stinks, too, because most of this team is the same team. Like you would anticipate that they would have this kind of fuel to be to to excel. Or maybe they are in this cruise control mentality of we'll just wait till we get there. Uh, and then we'll we'll turn things on I don't know if that's the, if that's the case they still have room for growth and that's the thing that they need to be working on the most throughout this season is the growth to get to the playoffs
1: defensively specifically I would still that, that you gonna get rid
2: of suitor still
1: no uh, no probably right. probably not gonna go in that direction Yet. right now right. but yeah I think defensively is where you still look like there's the biggest room for growth but they still have a quality record. They're still in the mix in their division. I know they fell back behind Colorado a couple games back, but still having a good season thus far for the Mavericks. They're not
2: complaining about
1: it. Sure. Just be better. Sure. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I, yes. d- I think there's a lot of Stars fans out there that would be like, yes, this is a good start to the season. I think, yes, it could it be, I think it could be better, star, though.
2: I, I would like sure. to know this, Kevin, before we transition to uh, Mavericks, from the the Twitch and the Tolos out there, the Twolos and everything, are you new to hockey and in, in going on this journey with Mike this year? Is that the plan that you're like, you know what? I'm, I, too, will now get into hockey because if that's the case, we will definitely bring more hockey to the table uh, uh, in the conversation. Just want to see where the Tolos are on on this so let us know eight seven seven eight eight one one oh five three
1: that's a good question and i'm actually glad that you said that because that helped me stall for time just a little bit to count this up
2: i can see it on your face
1: is the stars are actually in a remarkably similar actually slightly better position than they were last season at this point they were 13 six and four okay and i know they still have three overtime or shootout losses but they look a little bit better because they did manage to win an overtime game. So they're a little bit ahead <laughs> of going back to that Arizona game. They're a little bit ahead of schedule. And part of that is because at the very beginning of the season, they want to shoot out. They want an overtime game. So they're ahead of schedule points wise because they have done better in the shootout and overtime, even though you'd still think again room for improvement
2: they went on a huge stretch in april right where they won last year they won like seven eight in a row something crazy i would uh, be in inclined or, or like
1: seven of eight or something yeah. yeah absolutely now for the mavericks it is i know we were joking about the headband it is hard to imagine a better first half than what Luca constructed last night
0: that was pretty amazing uh obviously we wanted 31, really 32, as he took the shot that hit backboard rim right. and then missed. But yeah, that was a massacre. The Mavericks played as well as you could play. They, they took on a team that's going to have a, probably a top six or seven pick in yeah. the NBA draft and totally dismantled and destroyed them. In fact, I'll be honest, I didn't watch the fourth quarter.
1: I mean, so that's, I, that's fair.
0: So I, I watched...
1: 35-point game at that I watched
0: point. most of the first half. Obviously, I was flipping over to the Dallas Stars on TNT uh, and enjoying the Mavs and enjoying some of the Stars, uh, and then watched a little bit of the third quarter and realized, this is just a massacre. Great job by the Mavs, taking care of business. I think Luka played 31 plus minutes. Kyrie played 27 minutes. You have a day off today. I've uh, get into the stupid thing that's happening in the NBA at 10:22. Uh so the Mavericks look healthy. Uh, they looked rested. They looked awesome. But that's kind of the way they're going to have to win against the better teams. I'm not saying they have to score 147, but anything under 120 and it's a loss. So that's that's like what you kind of have to see from the Mavs if they're going to be a, a really finals contender or championship contender. In a weird way, I know this sounds crazy. That's what their offense has to look like in the playoffs almost every night.
2: They didn't even need Luka to score forty and they still won by ten points. Man, that's a weird thing. He could have scored zero
1: in that <laughs> game and theoretically they would have won. I want to. I, I was hoping we would have a little space for this to talk a little bit about Derek Jones Jr. I I know we've talked about him a couple of times, but I was reading an interesting article about him, and one of the things that he said, and it is, if you want to talk about the improvement in his game, it's so clear, not only does he shoot vastly more three-pointers, he is more successful at them, and it's not just a product of playing more minutes, because you can go back to one of his seasons with Miami. And I think the year he played in Portland and he was about like in this range minute wise and everything. But one of the things that Derek Jones jr. Said is it's probably one of the first times in my career where I had the, and he stopped not the green light, but I have a light to take the shot when you've got an open shot and play basketball. Freedom, yeah. Coach kid told me just play the game. It's a simple game. You really don't have to complicate it that much. You're open. Take the shot. And
2: just what's, like, the, what's the line that uh, that that he to the Jason Kidd told uh, Scalabrini when he when he muffed that pass? He was like, "I already made the decision for you to take the yes, shot. Yes, yes. So just do it."
1: And and that's the same as like a lot of times it's Luca. I realize obviously Kyrie could set it up as well. And I know it's early, just like it is with the stars, but it's not as early as you might think, is because you are. In the case of the Mavericks, about a fourth of the way through the season. In the case of the Stars, a little bit more than a fourth of the way through the season. So things that have happened are starting to form as potential trends for the season. And the most positive potential trend for the Mavericks outside of how quickly Derek Lively has developed has been the three-point shooting of Derek Jones Jr. to me.
0: He was, it's tough to say, And harsh to say worthless, but multiple organizations had tried to get the most out of Derrick Jones Jr. And they just haven't been able to. The Mavericks, three years ago, if I have my years right, it might have been even more than that. But they were really interested in Derrick Jones Jr. And then it was like, remember, the Mavericks were getting them. And then 30 minutes later, they weren't weren't. getting them. And it's really weird. But I do have to give one Derrick Jones Jr. a lot of credit. He didn't give up on himself. Self, Because that's kind of easy to do. Um, And then, two, I have to give the Mavericks credit for seeing a guy who has been unsuccessful for three teams, maybe four. But
1: I know three teams. Phoenix, Miami, Portland, and Chicago. Yeah, there you go. And I remember when we got him, my son, who loves Chicago Bulls basketball more than anybody I know, he goes, you got a good one. And I thought, I don't see where you're coming with that. It wasn't
0: good for Chicago.
1: so far... It's worked out. Yeah, and he
0: he's a, a solid defender. He's not great, but he's solid, right? And yeah. that's where he's... I could see that. He's, he's, they signed him for his athleticism and defense, but in a way, you can't have a Maxi Kleba out there, and I don't want to take a shot at Maxi, but I guess I am. Maxi's a bad offensive player. And so, at times, it's tough to play him in the playoffs because you're like, dang, we need him on the defensive end, but they don't respect him at all on offense. And so, what Derrick Jones Jr. is doing through 20 games is he's a respectable offensive player, and that's huge to be on the court come playoff time.
2: Yeah, he can run the court, too. That's a big deal since they're trying to push tempo a lot more. And uh, now consistency, it's not like he's going in there every night and giving you 12 points. Fair enough. But uh, occasionally he'll give you 20 on a night that you kind of need that. And that's nice. But he's not either. He's not also just a stand around uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock. I'm standing in corner waiting. He is also he can take that ball and do something else with it. But he does have the green light to shoot the three. But he has he has a, a, an extra set of skills. I thought those two guys didn't have.
1: No, I, I, I see what you're saying for sure. I just thought it was such a simple but potentially magical key to unlock something more from Derrick Jones Jr. when he said, I've got a light to shoot, and Coach Kidd told me that, and I thought, well, that's a pretty easy cause and
2: effect yeah. if it holds up.
0: We're out of time, yes or no. Is Derrick Jones Jr. better than Grant Williams?
2: No. Not a better defender.
0: I mean, we can carry it over because I know we're talking a little a lot bit. I want Grant
2: Williams to hit those open threes more. That's my thing.
1: Fair enough. Absolutely. <laughs> we're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, we will talk with our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola. But also, what do ratings say about interest in the NBA in season tournament? All of it next right here on The Fan.
3: Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
1: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan right now. Brought to you by Ford and your North Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. It is our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola. Good morning, sir. Good morning, guys. What's going on? I, I was curious about this, and I've been thinking about it because you've you've said this a couple of times that I've been putting a lot more thought into it. So, first of all, thank you for that. Oh, no. Is, no, it's, no, it's a good thing. It's or, a good thing. Or is, is it? We had we had this conversation with Trayvon Diggs a couple of years ago. Obviously, the discussion has happened with uh, Deron Bland. Do you believe there will ever be such thing as a shutdown corner anymore? With how the passing rules have changed and how the offenses have opened up, because it feels like every time a cornerback is good, the next question is, "But is he a shutdown corner like Dion?" Right. Which feels like an unfair comparison.
4: Yeah, no, I I, I think that uh, I think those days have have gone by. Uh, just because of the advent of what the offenses are doing in this league, what the quarterbacks are doing, the amount of passing uh, that is uh, is going on. Hey, and, and remember the the '94 NFC title game. <clears throat> Dion did not shut down Michael Irvin. Uh, if you remember, uh, they tried. They tried. Uh, San Francisco decided that they were going to put. Uh, Dion on Elvin Harper and double-team Michael in the first half, and that didn't work uh, after the Cowboys got the turnovers out of their way, right? Uh, and then the second half, they put Dion and Michael, and Michael had a really good day, and if it wasn't for the Pass interference. uncalled interference, yep. they were going to win that game, right? Thank you. So, yeah, I think you're right, Kevin. I, I, I just think good corners make plays, but they don't shut down – a guy, you know, play after play after play. Guys are going to get theirs uh, the way these receivers play and the way sometimes you play defense, right? Uh, sometimes you're you're off the ball. And, and so if they have the right play call, say they want to run a slant, well, then, you know, if you're playing five, eight yards off the ball, you can't cover that slant. Uh, so you're not always in man coverage. And, and I think – uh, sometimes, you know, that gets distorted, too, on how a cornerback's playing. He's probably playing the technique that they want on that devised defense, uh, and it's going to allow the guy to catch a ball but not get behind him. Uh, so there's a lot goes into it, but my, my opinion on corners is you're going to get beat. You just got to make plays to compensate for getting beat. The Have you... I'm sorry
2: if you, if this has been covered already, but was there a discussion about that D.K. Metcalf uh, play that went for the big yards? Was that a Duran-Bland technique thing, or was Donovan Wilson supposed to be somewhere else? Yeah, that
4: was a weird play,
2: right? Yeah, it really Cause, was. Because
4: it was almost like both of them got there at the same time, and they were worried about running into each other, and they didn't do anything, right? Yeah. yeah he got beat off the line of scrimmage. I, I, you know, we'll give him that. Uh, and I would imagine there was should have been some sort of help there, uh, not that you're counting on it, but you would have liked to have it. And yeah, and then you saw when a guy's running uh, record speed, right? You're not catching up with him. But you know, it's just like, uh, I mean, C.D. Lamb ha- has he not faced good corners this year? He's got 90 catches, yeah, mm-hmm. most in the NFC. So I factored it out over 17 games. He's on pace to catch 127 balls. Michael Irvin's franchise record is 111. So, so you don't
1: think Michael Irvin was that great? Yeah,
4: right. Yeah, and he's also, by the way, uh, on pace uh, with uh, to to catch uh, 1,674 yards, which would also shatter Michael Irvin's franchise record for more single season. Uh, receiving guards. So yeah, and I'm sure he's he's faced good corners, right? But he's putting it that that this is the league we're in right
2: now. The I'm kind of curious if you know exactly how uh Hendershot fits into this thing as we move forward. Yeah, i, I'm I th- excited.
4: I think that um you know more of a another kind of down the field threat. Um, you know, not that uh, that Schoonmaker or Ferguson aren't, but they are different types of uh, tight ends. They, they'll do some blocking, right? I don't know that Hendershot's a big blocker, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's a big target down the seams, and it's a big target when you get into the red zone, right? Uh, and, you know, McEwen, I thought, was doing a good job, you know, blocking, uh, but I think they've gained more confidence with Lipke, Uh, as a fullback to maybe take on more of that role than have an H-back like McEwen doing the blocking, lining up as a fullback. Uh, So, yeah, that's just another addition to that tight end core that, you know, I think many people were worried about when the season started. uh, And now it's sort of flourishing uh, before your very eyes. Do you have any idea
1: if anyone in the locker room ever talks about Brandon Aubrey never missing a field goal, or is, <laughs> is this like a pitcher no hitter just kind of deal? Say, when you're just like,
4: "Hey, he's doing a great job," but don't get into the specifics of why that is. Yeah, I, you know, I talked to him yesterday because I, I, I was, I was somewhat, um, you know, I was starting to watch, and, and not that I saw anything, but it's like it dawned on me: this guy's already kicked the ball a heck of a lot. Yes, uh, yes. And so I went back and looked. Okay, he's got, you know, 26 out of 26 field goals. He's got 36 out of 39 extra points. Uh, he has touchbacks on 76 of 79 kickoffs. So if you add all that up, he's 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 kicked the ball 144 times. And, and he's I, still got five games to play. And I think that. Kickoff number is far and away higher than any other. Yes, kicker. yes, because the Cowboys have scored all these touchdowns, right? I think he might have been second or third uh, in extra point attempts. I, I, I think when I looked, he had thirty-nine. Uh, somebody had forty or, or so, right? Uh, so, yeah, and I was sitting there going, you know, kind of worried about, you know, does he get a tired leg, and we were kind of talking about it, and he goes, you know, he goes, they, they when, when we practice, I don't practice kickoffs, uh, just to oh. not have to do that, so they, you know, if they're doing kickoff return, they're using uh, the gun to shoot the ball, right? Uh, but, uh, so they have backed off on that during the season. And I think John Fossil was, you know, cognizant of he's already played a football season, you know, be it what, 10 games, 12 games in the USFL. And, and so I think they realized we got, we got to be careful now and not let him practice too much and, you know, drive himself into the ground. So. Uh, they've been, they've been, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of not worried about it, but cognizant of the fact that let's not wear out our kicker. How big of a deal is the touchback? Like, obviously I know they've ch- changed a
1: lot of rules to potentially start phasing out more of the kicking game, but, and there's an extra game in the season now, but Brandon Aubrey is on pace to have 20 more touchbacks than any kicker in the history of the NFL <laughs> this season. That feels like a big deal. i I also think I just take touchbacks every single time for granted
4: uh and you probably do right yes it's like it's the it's the weirdest thing in the game and it'll happen uh, Sunday night right the cop the the, the the stadium will be in a frenzy everybody all fired up they're standing and here comes the kickoff right and they, oh the towels are waving and then it's a touchback. Yeah, it's like the game doesn't start until they put the ball in 25 yard line. Right. And I don't know if people sit back down or they keep waving their towels. Who's ever, you know, getting the ball. But, yeah, it's kind of anticlimactic. I mean, he's had so many um, and I don't remember what he told me, but he's had so many touchbacks that he knows the three which games he had the returns in. And it was only three. Right. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it's it's. It's kind of just taking the kickoff return out of the game, you know. When you uh, you see the you know the the Pro Bowl voting and and you know last year, uh, you know Turpin gets in as a return guy, right? First time in Cowboys history, yep. they had to put another uh, uh, slate up on the Pro Bowl wall there because they never had a a kicker, I mean a returner, punt and kickoff returner go to the Pro Bowl. So his name's up there. And then you know when the when the uh, votes came out, it was like oh, he didn't get it. Well, he doesn't get it a chance, you know. No kickoffs, basically. Um, I bet he hasn't had more than uh, five that I could probably look up real quick. But off the top of my head, they just don't get a chance to return uh, kicks anymore. So he's had six. Excuse me. That's it, the whole season. So it's kind of hard to shine. Uh, And then from a punting standpoint, you know, teams really value a fair catch more so than, you know, trying to kick for distance. Let's just not just take the ball out of his hands. So, yeah, it's a different game for basically safety reasons.
2: Uh, somebody did ask on the fan text, has anyone ever had a perfect season field goal kicking? And I just looked it up. It's 11 different kickers have. Actually, they have, really? At the, moment, wow. at the moment, it's, it's I guess, technically nine because Brandon Aubrey and Harrison Butker have not missed this year. So, But so far, it is 11. Do you have the
1: number of what's the most? 39
2: yeah. from Gary Anderson in 1998.
1: Oh, that's the year, though, that he missed yep. in the NFC Championship game, right? Yeah. The- yeah.
2: Mason Crosby hit 36 Vanderjack 33 and then it's kind of in the, the the 30s Zendejas hit 31 but yeah since then yeah since Brandon Aubrey and Harrison Butker are at 28 right now they're kind of ranked number two tied for number two all time so and
4: and and at that time Vanderjack was the most accurate kicker in the NFL and yeah, that didn't here. work out super well. <laughs> I think we all remember that. Well, he missed in the remember the the kick he missed in the playoffs, yep. right? Indeed. Yep. And, and he never recovered from that. Peyton Manning was stoked about that. <laughs> uh, all right, thank you very much, good sir. We will catch up with you again tomorrow. All right, make sure everybody checks their appendix,
2: okay? Yes, sir. Okay, that is that is a good. How do you do that? Just uh, reach down, down there, there or... punch it.
1: Oh my gosh, I don't. Maybe not that is, okay, I wanted I wanted to ask you guys a question. And Mike, I wanted to start with you because there's kind of mixed information from the ratings thus far. Is I've seen so many stories media-wise that are like the NBA in-season tournament is an unqualified success. Adam Silver was so smart to bring this on. LeBron talked about how he likes it now. KD was like, I didn't like it at first, but I like it now. And all these amazing things. And then you look at the numbers for the quarterfinals. So, the first two quarterfinals were Monday. And the ratings were awful. 1.06 million and 741,000. Those were two of the three lowest-rated NBA games all year.
0: And there were no other NBA games. They Correct. Just like today, there's no other NBA games except these two.
1: And that went against the NFL for the first time in that spot with the tournament. And so some people have said it for that. So on the one hand, I look at those two games and be like, oof, that's pretty bad. But then Tuesday, they had the other two quarterfinal games, and they drew 1.97 million and 1.74 million, which were huge increases from last year. They were up 90% and 16% wow. over the same spots. And so you would think, okay, Success, success, success. Do you look at tonight's semifinals where you're going up against a god-awful Thursday night football game? And I'm really curious to see what the numbers are.
0: Help me out. Lakers are in this thing, right? Correct. That helps out tremendously. That that The number one team in the NBA followed. That's the Dallas Cowboys of the NBA if you're not a big NBA fan. And to
1: your point, the Lakers-Suns game was the game that was up 90%. Over year over year,
0: Milwaukee's in this,
1: yeah,
2: yes, against the Pacers. Okay,
0: and the so Lakers the Pacers bring the nothing, but you do have Giannis. I don't know how,
2: and you have Zion, Zion, and LeBron. Is
0: Zion playing?
2: Yeah, I, yep. okay,
0: I haven't been following Zion. I feel like every he's, time I look at a box score, I feel like it's 50 50 he's, he's gonna be he's in been it.
1: doing pretty well this year.
0: Um, I think that the Laker game will get a good rating, okay. I don't know if Milwaukee and Indiana will get a good rating. And isn't that game at 4 o'clock today?
2: It is at 4 p.m. Yeah. It's fun to eat at 4 p.m. So it's going to be at 2
0: p.m. Pacific time? Yeah. So that is not going to get a million viewers, right?
2: would
1: think you're right all
0: the about the kids that. getting
1: out of school
2: yeah don't. running straight home and turning on the bucks but you could get two
0: million for that laker game i'm guessing the numbers that you just yeah. gave i i'm not interested at all i mean i'll maybe flip it on for a second because it's the only thing i'm not turning on the football game at all i won't watch one second of that thing.
1: and that's what i'm curious if there's a disconnect because all these media people and players in the league, and the league itself, of course, are all being like, this is an unqualified success. But the ratings have been hit or miss.
2: Okay. Well, and this is interesting from the 214. I don't even know. I didn't. I Bro, do people even know they're watching the tournament? How do you know? I don't even know the, the tournament was happening. I've just casually been watching regular games. Yeah, stupid. I, and I think court. that's kind of why it's hit or miss is because people are just like, I'm just going to watch this game. And then they kind of—that's part of it, man. That's an
1: interesting point because if it weren't for the vastly different court, yeah. and like
2: obviously the Mavericks didn't. But have But I that also a couple don't times. know everybody's everybody, everybody else's courts. So some nights I'm looking and I'm just like, oh, that maybe that's their court. Everybody, Although no, it have that a big stripe, that down the crazy
0: middle. court. Besides <laughs> the like Mavs, Oregon. right? The Mavs are the only team that because the court didn't work right or something allegedly. Um, I, I, I look they're going to do it again next year. It was successful oh, sure. enough they're going to do it again next year for sure. The NBA is promoting the living crap out of it. So,
1: but even then, like after Giannis in the Bucks won, he goes, "Oh, you get $100,000." And he goes, "Oh, we get money now?" Nice. Like he didn't he was in the tournament. He didn't even know who? Giannis. Yeah, he, he didn't that's because you make
0: so. I guarantee you, the guys on league minimum salary are like, "Heck yeah, know. I know I'm getting this. This is a tenth of my salary."
1: We're the KNC masterpiece right it's here. Like on- getting
0: a twenty dollar bill for Giannis, he's like, "Whatever." <laughs> Go tell Panini to sue me again for not signing stuff.
1: Woo! Coming up next, it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Basak.
0: Big move by the New York Yankees, and I'm getting a little bit worried about the oh, 2024 God. Texas Rangers next.
1: KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through The Fan. If you heard that promo for the G-Bag Nation being live at Globe Life today, also 3.40, they'll have John Gray, 4 o'clock, Mike Maddox, 5.30, Matt Hicks, 6 o'clock, Emily Jones. So a loaded G-Bag Nation today, and right now, time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Basak.
0: All right, so we did have big news yesterday, last night. I guess it really became official when I woke up this morning, so I don't know the immediate. Is that just
1: because you were awake and now it's official? Yeah, but I
0: was watching MLB Network last night around 7 p.m., uh, and they were, like, finalizing deal, right? So you knew it was probably going through, but it wasn't official. Uh, So when I woke up this morning, I saw that it was official. Juan Soto is now a New York Yankee and that should be fun for baseball. Obviously, one of the better players in all of baseball will be hitting right next to Aaron Judge. So that is going to be arguably the most lethal 2-3 situation in Major League Baseball. And
1: then for like a third of the season, Stanton might be around, too.
0: Yeah, he's he's all right. I mean, obviously, he's very powerful, but yes. I don't think he's a top. He's probably not even a top 100 player in the game today. Um, there was a
2: time, though, that he was the future of baseball. For sure.
0: And then he got hit in the face. Uh, and he was kind of... You know, he had he has moments, right? He has yeah. those when he's healthy. He has some very hot, streaky moments. But uh, probably you could say Giancarlo Stanton has not lived up to expectations.
2: He's 33 now with 402 home runs. Do you think he gets to 500? I do. Is that enough? Because... To make the Hall of Fame, no, not for him. Okay,
0: I, I know that
2: fascinating.
0: I know that uh, Mark McGuire, There's things holding him out besides yeah. just home runs, but I do think just home runs sometimes doesn't get you there.
2: He has an uh, MVP, uh, multiple All Stars, obviously. Yeah, uh, he finished second in MVP another time. That's interesting. I've I've just I never thought of it, but it, he has been missing from baseball for a lot lately. Yeah, so.
0: when it comes to Juan Soto, that was a big move. And I'll always say this. If you don't think you're going to win a championship, and San Diego's not going after a championship, and what the Diamondbacks did, I'm not saying the Diamondbacks 100% are going to make the playoffs next year, but the Dodgers will. Yeah. Uh, And you just look at that division, you have to trade them. You have to. Now, I'll give the Yankees this. 90% of the time, this is going to be my guess. 90% of the time, when you trade for the superstar, you win the trade. You, the other guys, no matter how good we think those prospects are, usually none of them come close to the superstar the team traded for. Now, I'm not saying it always works out. That's why I'm giving it that 10% where teams sometimes regret it. I think the Yankees only regret this trade is if Juan Soto plays in New York for one year and goes, I don't he's like it out, here. Yeah. And that can happen. There's yeah. plenty of players that are just like, I don't like New York. Now, he's a showman, right? And so maybe he really will like that type of stage. Maybe yeah. he'll thrive on that stage more than in San Diego. He was great in Washington. San Diego, he wasn't bad. He, If you look at his numbers, he was good. He was
2: <laughs> really
3: good.
0: But uh, I was watching MLB Network last night about the potential trade, now the reality of the trade. And it was interesting as they were discussing – you would think a player going from San Diego, a pitcher's park, to New York, a left-handed hitter's park, that his numbers would go way up. But they're saying, at least they were saying last night, they don't think his numbers will change too much because he really likes using the middle of the field. He doesn't like pulling the ball a lot. So if you try to put where he hit the ball last year into Yankee Stadium, his numbers don't change that much. Huh.
2: So it's going to be interesting and then they're saying look 35 home runs, 132 walks. yeah he's, he's
0: always on base percentage, top five in in baseball uh, on base wise and the other thing too is he's only 25 years old yeah and he got to the major leagues at 19. so I mean he has a lot left in the tank if you he's younger than Josh Young. So he has one year left till free agency, and he is younger than Josh Young is, who just got through with his rookie year. So, I mean, he's a very young player still and has had a lot of success. I have about four minutes here. I want to get to the Texas Rangers. Guys, I'm just getting a little bit worried about the Rangers, and I maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. This is just where I'm at as a fan. They signed Kirby Yates. Last night or yesterday afternoon, they Rule fived Carson Coleman from the New York Yankees, which means he's going to be on the big league team. Yeah. If he's not, then he just goes right back to the Yankees. So I'm going to assume this, that he's going to be in the Rangers' bullpen. I don't know much about Carson Coleman. All I can do is read this. He's 25 years old. He'll be 26 right about when the season starts on April 7th. He was drafted by Tampa Bay in the 33rd round in the 2019 draft out of the University of Kentucky. His numbers in the minor league so far in two seasons, he is um, a 392 ERA. He only has 98 innings pitched in the minor leagues. Oh. He has 144 strikeouts. So he has a very huge strikeout number. Not a lot of walks either.
2: Like his walk numbers last year, or in 2022, he only had 10 to 69 yes. strikeouts.
0: So there's a lot to like there, Uh but he had Tommy John surgery, and that's why he has no stats for 2023. So they are hoping not only does he come back. in the
2: spring. It, his Tommy John surgery was in the spring. Chris Young uh mentioned, he was like, we'll have to work with him on the timing of his rehab. Yeah, so, so this is
0: going to be interesting because... The Rule 5 rules when I was playing, and maybe they've changed, is you have to be on the big league team all year. I think they have changed a little bit. Because at any point, you send him down to the minor leagues, you're like, you're not doing good enough. It gives the Yankees an option to buy him back for half of the price that you bought him in the Rule 5 draft. Wow! Oh. So you buy him for 50000 If he doesn't make your team or at some point you don't think he's good enough on your team, the team that lost him has the option to buy him back at $25,000, and I mean... 100 almost 100 percent of the time the team buys them back
2: the when chris young said and i just this is for me and everybody else out there when somebody say it says that the fastball really plays Mm -hmm. can you explain what that means
0: it almost it's a it's it's a great question because it can mean different things what i think it means here because you see the strikeout numbers is that he can just blow it by, guys. Okay. Is that he can just – the hitter can pretty much know a fastball's coming and it still doesn't matter. He has swing and miss fastball.
2: It's not that it that it has great movement. It could. Okay. That,
0: that could also mean that too. But if you just look at his numbers, 98 innings pitched, 144 strikeouts, I'm assuming what he means in this situation is that it really plays in that he can get a lot of swings and misses with this fastball. That being said gotcha. – Um. He is coming off of Tommy John, but we're out of time. Maybe I'll add it to Mike likes it because – Jordan Montgomery is still a free agent. Yep. Eduardo Rodriguez, a left-handed starting pitcher who's not as good as Jordan Montgomery, signed a four-year, $80 million contract last night with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So you have a guy like Aaron Nola who signed a seven year deal at approximately $25 million per year. You have a lefty who's not as good who signed a four-year, $80 million contract. Blake Snell hasn't signed, but I think we're getting a good idea of Jordan Montgomery's market. It's probably six for one fifty. Give or take, $10 million but he's going to get more than four years. Maybe he doesn't get seven years. Yeah. Uh, So we kind of know what the market is. I don't know if the Rangers are willing to play in that market. And so I'm just starting to get concerned. I'll tease this for Mike likes it to continue this conversation at 1245. The Rangers are worse today than they were on November 1st, 2023 when they were the world series champs. Doesn't mean that they're going to be worse next year but on a piece of paper i'm starting to get a little bit concerned
3: now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way